everyone and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries podcast. This is your friend Josiah. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to dive into today's message as we are going to talk about Project Bluebeam. We're going to look at Matthew 24, Revelation 19, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is season 18, episode 183. Here on Movius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, (laughs) do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of Christ, if that is in our generation. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just got my hair done by my dad and um, I have 25 pages I'm about to read from because I have taken some extra drastic measures for this um, episode because I this is beloved if I would want you to know any episode on my podcast it would either be know the gospel or this right here what we're about to talk about so take a look online look into project Bluebeam. i am going to be reading from an article that is rather short so the, the, the reason you should probably look into this is because you can look at more uh i guess stuff online about project Bluebeam, what it is how we can look at it as the as as the body of christ and uh yeah anyway the verse of the day today is going to be second corinthians uh chapter one verse five and it reads out of the niv for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of christ so also our comfort abounds through christ wow what a beautiful verse oh my gosh I like that one a lot. Um, I get these verse of the days, obviously, from... I have a little calendar with a verse of the day of, for each day. It's got a nice little picture on it. Something of something of nature, obviously. Um, and uh, that was that, that, that's what I read from, to like have it be the verse of the day or whatever. So, what a beautiful verse. Second Corinthians is deep book i only know a few verses but i'm actually i just got done reading first second and third john and my my like alone time with the lord i'm just about to dive into first corinthians um in my alone time with the lord when i when i come across that um if you are a spotify listener there is a question posted below you can answer if you have a smartphone about this topic of the last days project bluebeam matthew 24 uh second thessalonians 2 or whatever you want to ask below Go ahead and ask it below, or um, if you have any uh, questions about today's sermon, you can email me at josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com. That's a J-O-S-I-A-H-M-O-V-I-U-S 12 at yahoo.com. And uh, I do have a water here with me, so thank you for being patient. I'm, I'm probably going to need water if I'm going to re- be reading from 25 pages say that with a humble heart. Let's open in prayer, beloved. 
Father, I thank you so much for putting breath in our lungs, that you are the one who does that. You're the one who ordains that. And that means that you still have plans for our lives. Father, I just pray for healing in today's episode. I pray that the words that come out of my mouth are true. I pray... I pray your word would go forth in power. I pray for people who are new to my podcast, new direct their steps into your will, Lord. I pray for those who are walking with you, Jesus, and that their intimacy would grow with you, Holy Spirit. I pray for refinement, I pray for humility, I pray for holiness. Lord, I pray that as we look at these verses and Project Bluebeam, Lord, that you would just ready our hearts for what is to come, for you know what will come. There's nothing new under the sun that you haven't seen, Lord. That's why I just pray you'd prepare our hearts to be ready for your second coming and be ready for what is to come, Father. Help us to be ready. Keep our eyes open. Ready our hearts. Invigorate our hearts, Lord. I just pray for ready hearts, readied minds. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just direct this person listening in the midst of this podcast. They would they would not quench you, but they would be responsive and and um, touched by the movings in their hearts by you. In Jesus' name, amen. So obviously, I'm recording this right now. Um, so I don't know if this is going to be a part one, part two, or even a part three series. So if you're listening to this, check out. In case there is going to be a part two or part three, keep your eyes open. Okay, so let's start. One day, a dear friend of mine named Justin, he sent me a TikTok. Now, some of you know I don't have social media anymore, but for moments like these, I feel in my conscience it's okay to watch a couple of TikToks that he tends to send at least once a week, and that's fine. I'm not trashing Justin. It's That could be a way of him equipping the body of Christ to like, hey, pay attention to this. Anyway, um, there was one in particular that Justin sent me in my eyes, literally. I do not mean this as a figure of speech, but literally. I mean physically, my jaw dropped and my eyes opened wide. Like, as I watched this video. I'm not kidding, like literally. I felt a deep fear over the body of Christ. I felt a deep conviction to talk about this as quickly as possible and draw up a sermon for this. But my motive of that fear was I love them so much I need to get this message out quickly. It was almost really a conviction of the Holy Spirit, honestly. Or not even conviction, but just like a strong tug. My friend Justin uh, reminded me a couple times about if I had shared this yet on my podcast uh, since he shared the TikTok with me, and I believe that was the Holy Spirit speaking through Justin to remind me to not forget to talk about this. I prayed about this a lot, and from there on out, I started to, um, sorry, I, I literally, I did, I did review my notes, but now this isn't making sense. 
I've been working on this message behind the scenes for about, gosh, almost a month now, maybe. Um, and uh, so I, I felt led to share it now a couple weeks ago. Um, and so I've been working on it. Actually, so actually it's been a couple weeks, not a month. Um, but I had such a deep conviction to share this. Yesterday, Justin and my friend Brandon went out to dinner after youth group, and Justin reminded me again about talking about Project Bluebeam. Now, uh, there is an article posted below. Um, sorry, I've got, I've, I've got some thoughts that are kind of like just rambling in my mind. I've, I've, I've had a few people ask me if, like, do you do your podcast live? And I say, I don't. If I could, I would. And I'm thinking if maybe that's like, like, I've heard that from three people this week. And I'm wondering now if, like, maybe God's, like, saying, hey, there might be a change soon. I might be going live. But I don't know. I'm sorry. That just kind of popped in my head. Um, also, I'm sorry. If you would like to know the song that was playing just before this, the one that I opened with, um... It is called Power to Believe Instrumental by the Dream Academy, and the song that's playing now is called Koinonia in His Presence by Waldner Worship. You guys have heard me mention Waldner Worship many times. They're a great instrumental worship band. Okay, so there is, I'm, I'm, I'm opening a link right now that talks about Project Bluebeam. It's really short. I'm not sure if I'm able to uh, copy the link and put it in the description below uh, for the podcast because um, obviously I haven't posted it yet. I'm recording it right now. Um, but check out check out the article if you would like if, if it is posted because I'm not sure as I'm talking now, I'm not sure if I, if I am able to post it. But here's what Project Bluebeam is. Okay. And if you want, even even if you want to look at look some look, look some stuff up on the on the web right now and look at it, that's totally fine as well. But Project Bluebeam is a conspiracy theory about a sup supposed project whose purpose is to create an artificial second coming in order to control people. As per the alleged theory, the New World Order's purpose is, number one, to abolish all Christian and traditional religions in order to replace them with a one-world religion based on the cult of man. Number two, to abolish all national identities and national pride in order to establish a world identity and world pride. Number three, uh, last but not least, number three, to abolish the family as known today in order to replace them with individuals all working for the glory of the new one-world government. So this article is from uh, the Times of India. Um, but that's pretty, I mean, when I just, when I, when I, so obviously I found this out through a TikTok, but what this is, is a, is a particular Project Bluebeam is a, some kind of a machine or some kind of a, um, thing they're making for a artificial second coming and it's talking about Christ. And we're going to get into this. We're going to look at Matthew 24, 2 Thessalonians 2, Revelation 19. Don't worry. We're going to break all of this down, beloved. I've done some deep, deep stuff on this. So, <sighs> Jesus talked about this. And we're going to get into this. We're going to look at Matthew 24. Take, take notes. Look at Matthew 24 with me. Whatever. Literally. Take notes. This is really important, beloved. This is so key for us to know as the body of Christ. 
it's it's something that's going to create an artificial second coming. They're going to make something that looks like Christ is coming back, and it's going to deceive people. But we're going to look at Matthew 24. We're going to take, take a deep look at it. I'm going to go back to my notes here. I want to read Matthew 24, which is being kept in its original message for today's episode. Uh, it will give us a good overview, but there there was a particular verse I want to narrow down on and talk about that shines a brighter light on Project Bluebeam. Now we're going to read Matthew 24 out of the Amplified Version because I just don't think there wasn't enough time for me to like get into Greek language and stuff like that for Matthew 24. And when you look at the Amplified, when you read that version, it's a version that is really good to like study. If you want to study the Bible, it's one thing to read the Bible, but it's another to study it. Joyce Meyer has been saying that recently, and I've been listening to a lot of her teachings for a long time now, and she's incredible. She plays such a great part in the body of Christ, and um, she talks about like there's a difference between you know reading the Bible and studying it, and she's been saying that I've been studying it recently instead of just reading it. And not that reading it's bad, but that there's a season for everything, and Joyce has gone through it in the Bible, and now she thinks she's in a season of studying the Bible. She didn't necessarily season, but I can look at that and say she's in a different season. Okay, Matthew 24, the title is Signs of Christ's Return. So we can see right here, I'm, I'm totally keeping it, keeping it in context, beloved. Verse 1, Jesus left the temple area. Area is italicized there. For those of you that don't know what italicized means, what that means is that word was not originally found in the original manuscripts. Jesus left the temple area and was going on his way when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the magnificent and massive buildings of the temple. He said to them, Do you see all these things? This is Jesus speaking. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, not one stone here will be left on another which will not be torn down. While Jesus was seated on, on, a, on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will this destruction of the temple take place? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end, the completion, the, the consummation of the age? Jesus answered, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. For many will come in my name, misusing it and and appropriating it, appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me by saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, and they will mislead many. Now, 1 John 4, reading out of the Amplified Version, connects with what Jesus says here. John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit speaking through a self-proclaimed prophet. Instead, test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets and teachers have gone out into the world. By this, you know and recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus Christ has actually come in the flesh as a man is from God. God is its source. Verse 3. John takes it even deeper into understanding what is what. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus, acknowledging that he has come in the flesh, but would deny any of the Son's true nature, is not of God. This is the spirit, spirit there is italicized, of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. Now I'm going to go off note here real quick. I want to elaborate on that last part for verse 3 where it says, where it says and is now already in the world. 
what he means, because a lot of people will think, oh, well, the Antichrist has been around for thousands of years then, because First John 4, when John's writing this, like, this was thousands of years ago. So what he means by this is that there, there is this spirit of the Antichrist, which are, which are people that confess that Jesus, like he says in, in, in verse 3, that deny Jesus' nature, that he is not the Son of God. Um, and that he didn't come in the flesh. That right there is the spirit of the Antichrist, the influence. I'm guessing what spirit means in the Greek there. So it could mean spirit, it could mean influence, it could mean false doctrine, whatever. So, verses 4 through 5 in Matthew 24 is exactly what the Antichrist is going to do. Okay, so let's go back to Matthew 24. Let's look at verses 4 through 5, beloved. Where it says, Jesus answered, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you, and leading you into error. For many will come in my name, misusing it, misusing it and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, and will mislead many. Now, here's, here's where I can back up the claim of the spirit of the Antichrist working in many people. Jesus says right here in verse 4, he says, he says many will come in my name. Which means many doesn't just mean one, like it's pointing to the Antichrist, but he's saying many people, which, which would refer to many people who are under the influence of the doctrine of the Antichrist. Which we can see, John explains in 1 John 4, where he says, he says, every spirit that does not confess Jesus, acknowledging that he has come in the flesh, but would deny any of the Son's true nature, is not of God. So I hope that makes sense, beloved. Let's move on here. Matthew 24 continued in verse 6. You will continually, continually there is italicized, hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. For those things, those things as italicized, must take place. But that is not the end of the age. Okay, now I want to elaborate on that real quick. I'm going to go off note here. I hear a lot of people, they go, oh my gosh, there's, 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 there's wars, rumors of war. These are, these are the last days. But Jesus says here in verse 6, he goes, this is not the end of the age. He says these things have to take place. They have to take place. They have to have action. They have to be shown. People have to see it. But he says it's not the end of the age. And there have been people out there that have taught that, oh my gosh, this is the end of the age because there's all these wars. There's these rumors of wars. But Jesus says that's not true. So verse 7, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And that word nation right there, uh, I think, I think, I think is the Greek word ethnos. I think it is. I'm not sure. Anyway, he says, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But all these things. So verse 8 is tying in context with earthquakes, famines, people rising against each other. He's saying all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs, of the intolerable anguish and the time of un, uh, pre, pre, I cannot pronounce that word. I'm sorry. I'm going to get my MacBook to speak it. Unprecedented. Unpre you guys just heard the MacBook say it. So I'm sorry. So pr pretty much Jesus is saying that this is the beginning of like really hard trouble pretty much. So verse nine. Then they will hand you over to endure tribulation and will put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Verse 10, 
at that time, many will be offended and repelled by, by their association with me and will fall away from the one whom they should trust. Not just trust for eternal salvation, but trust in the midst of the tribulation. He says further on, and will betray one another, handing over believers to their prosecutors and will hate one another. So that is a lot to handle. That, that That's a lot. I get that. I just, I'm trying my best to not like, I want to take step by step. I want to take this slowly. I just, I hope I'm not going too fast for you guys, but okay. Now one way, this is, this is really key. Really, really, really hone in on this. One way that I've heard verses 9 through 10 be interpreted is only happening to the specific people that Christ is speaking to physically in this verse. Now, me personally, I could be wrong on this, and I'm totally, like, okay with being wrong and being corrected on things. I don't think that's the case. I think this is a thing that will happen to the people Jesus is talking to and to the continual, and a continual thing for those to come who will follow him daily. And what I mean by that is, is, is was what is going to happen with the apostles and then will continue to happen after that. I hope that makes sense. I'll just read verse 9 and 10 again where he talks about, he says, they will hand you over to endure tribulation. They'll push you to death. You will be hated by people. They, 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 will, they will hand you over to people. Um... I think that is a continual thing. I don't think that's something that's just like done for the apostles. I think that's a continual thing. I could be wrong on that, but we'll move forward. Matthew 24 continued in verse 11. Many false prophets will appear and mislead many because lawlessness is increased. Now, he says, he says, he finishes verse 12. The love of most people will grow cold. Verse 12, we can see he says, because lawlessness is increased. Now, what is a form of lawlessness, which I, th I think could tie into false prophecy, like we just read in verse 11. Um, now he says, the love of money, or sorry, the love of most people will grow cold. And we can see that happening in verse 9 and 10, where another believer is going to hand over another believer to their persecutors. It's very heartbreaking. It's very sad to comprehend that and think about that um and i i think god understands that it's i don't think god's asking us to change our ways in that i think i think it's okay i don't think jesus said this with a very like proud heart i think he said it with a broken heart jesus came so that all may repent and come into salvation so verse 13 he says but the one who endures and bears up under suffering to the end will be saved Verse 14, the good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Sorry, I made a mistake. So it's actually the, the um, nations is the Greek word for ethnos. Um, and it means tribes, it means tongues, it means all people. Um, and then he says, to finish verse 14, verse 14, he says, and then the end of the age will come. Okay, so verse 15, there's a new title, and it's the title Perilous Times. And just in case, just remember, I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, beloved. So the, the, this, verse, this verse 15 is, is, a, little, is a little bit kind of confusing, but we're going to break it down, so don't worry. 
Jesus continues. I mean, this is a lot of red letter. If you don't know what red letter is, if you ever read something in the Bible and it's red letter, it means that Jesus is speaking, in case you didn't know. So there, there's a lot of red letter in Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. It's, it's crazy. So Jesus says in, in verse 15 to continue his speaking. So when you see the abomination of desolation, the appalling sacrilege that astonishes and makes desolate, spoken of the of the spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains for refuge. We're going to break down everything we just read. I get it. That can be a little bit confusing, but just hang in there with me. Verse 17, whoever is on the housetop must not go down and get the things that are in the house because there will not be enough time. Whoever is in the field must not turn back and get his coat. Now there's a footnote for verse 15, okay? And this is where it says, um, where it says abomination of desolation. And it's in other words, it's talking about the Antichrist. Uh, which is stated in 2 Thessalonians 2.4, which we are going to get into pretty soon here, so bear with me. But it's, uh, it's um, in other words, the Antichrist, 2 Thessalonians 2.4, the prince who is to come, who will make a covenant with Israel, then break it in the middle of the tribulation, the seven-year period. You can read that in Daniel 9.27. Okay, that's the footnote for verse uh, 15. And woe, Jesus, I'm going to reading continued in Matthew 24. Verse 19, and woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Pray that your flight from persecution and suffering will not be in winter or on a Sabbath when Jewish laws prohibit travel. Verse 21, for at that time there will be a great tribulation, pressure, distress, and oppression such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will again. Now, there's another footnote for verse 21, uh, where it says, for at that time, and it means the most obvious sign during the tribulation prior to the second coming of Jesus is when the abomination that causes desolation, the Antichrist, he sets his image in the temple. Okay, so that's what Jesus is talking about in verse 21. He's referencing the Antichrist. Now, verse 22. And if those days of tribulation had not been cut short, if they were not cut short, no human life would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, God's chosen ones, those days will be shortened. So let's kind of let's sit here. Let's kind of breathe all that in. I know that was a lot we just read. This is this is the biggest message I've ever done before. So bear with me here. We're not. I mean, we're not even halfway through. We're only we're only about a quarter of the way through. These next verses, verses twenty-three through twenty-eight, is key. It is vital to look at it in context. In my opinion. These verses, 23 through 28, are the vital point of many of Jesus' words in Matthew 24. Verse 23. This is vital, beloved. Hear me out on this. Then if anyone says to you during the Great Tribulation, Look, here is the Christ, or there, or, or there he is, do not believe it. 
it is italicized there. Verse 24, for false Christs and false prophets will appear and they will they will provide great signs and wonders. Look at this. I mean, this is Project Bluebeam. And as to deceive even possible, even the elect God's chosen one, God, God's chosen ones. Verse 25, listen carefully. I have told you in advance. Verse 26, so if they say to you, look, here he is in the wilderness. Do not go out there. Or look, here he is in the inner rooms of a house. Do not believe it. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will the coming in glory of the Son of Man. Everyone will see him clearly. Okay, we're going to break this down. Okay, verse 28. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will flock together. Now, verse 28, there's a footnote for for a verse that's in Job. But let's, let's, I'm going to go off note here. And then I have a footnote I'm going to read from my actual on-hand Bible here. But let's look at this, beloved. Let's look at this. Jesus says so clearly in verse 25, Listen carefully. Heed my words. He goes, because I told you in advance. I don't want you to be deceived. Be ready. And I don't mean that to be like, oh my, like, like, like you're all fearful now. No, just like, like, Holy Spirit, invigorate a work in my heart that will be prepared for your second coming. There is a confidence that the Holy Spirit wants you to have in the midst of that with Christ. He wants that. What does Revelation say? It says that, oh, the bride has prepared herself. She is ready. How do we know we're ready? We're not deceived. We ponder and we trust in Christ's perfect leadership. So he says in verse 26, he goes, look, here he is in the wilderness. Jesus was like, don't go in there. Oh, no, wait, no, no. I saw him in the other inner room in this house. He says, don't believe it. Why? Because he says, when the Son of Man comes, everyone's going to see him. Which means you're not going to have, you're not going to need someone to say, oh, hey, I saw Jesus. He's over here. He's, I, he, I saw him. I, I swear, I know he's over here. And this is a moment where if you're in this moment, you need to do a harsh rebuke. And you say, no, the scripture says, do not be deceived. Don't do it. And you might say, you know, Josiah, how do you know if, if, if that's really in our day? I don't. I don't. But, but we're called to be prepared. We're called to be ready. There's a, there's a message that I, that I, that's been on my heart that I want to do here in the future soon. And I want to bring someone here on my podcast to talk about it. Because I've been experiencing a lot of renewing in my mind with this particular topic. And it's about being excited for the new Jerusalem. Like, beloved, actually knowing that our lives here on earth don't... Well, okay, hang on. We cannot love our lives too much here on earth. We are here for a speck of time. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes that your life is a smoke. It's the Hebrew word hevel. It means it's here one time and it's gone the next. James, we read, we read this in James. He goes, you guys, are, your life is nothing but a mist. It's here one second and it's gone. And no one's going to remember. No one. And I know that's hard to hear, but that's not. But I, I love what Rick Warren says. He says, we were not here on earth to be remembered. We were here, we're here to be prepared for the kingdom of heaven. I think I think that's what he says. Let me 
Let's look at because I know I have it in my favorites here. Um, it's right here. It is. Rick Warren, I read this in one of his books. You weren't put on Earth to be remembered. You were put here to prepare for eternity. That's it. Like, that is the truth, beloved. We're called to be prepared. Just pray and think about it. Be like, Lord, give me a heart that is so excited for the new Jerusalem. To think about it. Ponder on it. So that's the message I've been thinking about I want to get into. You don't need someone to tell you that Jesus is, is right here. If you do experience that, Jesus says, everyone will see him clearly. They're going to see him right there. Now, I'm going to read the footnote from Matthew 24, 28, here in my on-hand Bible. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read the verse again, and then right after the verse, I'm going to read the footnote, just so you're prepared. Verse 28, whenever the corpse... Sorry. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will flock together. The footnote now, the Greek for vultures can be translated into eagles, but the reference is most likely to the vulture, which the Greek word includes with eagles as a class. The meaning of this much discussed verse is either that the corpse represents the returning of Christ whose appearance will attract the attention of the entire world that is the vultures or that the, the corrupt world is the corpse about to be judged by the returning of Christ now I think now here's what I think this is I'm going to go off note here I think that I don't think it is I don't think the vultures are the people that are being going to be judged by Jesus. I don't. In the same chapter, this is the chapter where it talks about people being taken away. And when I read that verse in the Amplified, I realized that I had been deceived because we're going to look at we're going to look at what the, we're going to look at who those people are that are actually taken away. Where it says one will be taken away and one will be left behind. We have been taught, and I've been deceived myself, and now I know the truth. So now I walk. Now, now I walk in teleos. Now I walked in that perfectness, that completeness. The Greek word for perfect is the word teleos. We're gonna the, the people, the person that's taken away. Jesus explains is not the Christian. We're gonna get into that. I, I I know that may raise an eyebrow, but I've read this in scripture, so bear with me here, beloved. I think I think I think. The vultures represent um, the body of Christ. That's what I think. I could be wrong. I, I would because that was the first opinion that that the scholars that we read from the scholars' opinions on that footnote for verse twenty-eight. Okay, so based on Jesus's explaining what the days will look like once the Antichrist comes. We can tie in Project Bluebeam into this, which will perform false signs and wonders based on what seems to be true. They're leaning, what does Proverbs say? They're, they're leaning on their own understanding, beloved. They don't want to repent. Now let's take this as a grain of salt. Let's not deal in absolutes here, but remember, remember that, let's remember this Project Bluebeam clearly. If the Antichrist comes in our generation, if he does, it is vital to trust in the Holy Spirit's leadership through Matthew 24 to not be deceived. 
Now, my favorite verse in all of Matthew 24 is verse 25. I'm going to read that verse real quick. Where Jesus says, Listen carefully, because I have told you this in advance. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't prepare our hearts. He wouldn't show us. If this, if this all happens in our generation, if it does, and part of me believes it will, but again, I don't want to deal in an absolute because I don't truly know, but if it does happen, we must trust in Jesus' leadership and not be deceived. We must know uh, that Jesus said the things he said in Matthew 24 to warn his people. John says uh, in, in, his first, um, in his first epistle, in, er, later on in the, um, in the New Testament, to not uh, just love out of our words, but in action. We can see that is evident in many different aspects of Jesus' life here on earth when he was here. Obviously, you can see it with like casting demons out, but the, 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 the pinnacle point is him going to the cross. And the world, and even, beloved, even the world says actions speak louder than words. So it's like, come on. The Holy Spirit is showing us what is happening behind the scenes. He wants us prepared. He wants us to be aware, to be sober-minded. And when we get into, because I, I, because I, you guys may, have, you guys probably know First Peter five eight. Be sober-minded, and oh, I think I think that in the Greek has been translated way off. I've dove into what that means in the Greek, and I, I can't wait till we get into First and Second Peter because I've been working on um, that particular sermon behind the scenes. And I can't wait to dive into that. But So it's good. It's important. We must, beloved, we must be prepared. We must be aware. We must be sober-minded. And if, if you want to look up what it means to be sober-minded in the Greek, go to blueletterbible.com. Um, if, you, if you don't know how to, how to run through Blue Letter Bible to look at Greek words, go ahead and email me, josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com, and I'd love to run you through it and help you out. But to continue, this is so important to see what is going on behind the scenes. I mean, like, like, there's so many scriptures where Paul talks about what the world's going to look like in the last days. He's going to elaborate. He's elaborating behind the scenes right there. As the Holy Spirit works on our behalf, all things for good for those who love Him and are called according to His will, according to His will. So He is also showing us what is going on behind the scenes. Why? So that we can be prepared. Now, okay. We're going to look at verses 29 through 31 in Matthew 24 through the Amplified. Jesus continues, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not provide its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And at that time, the sign of the Son of Man coming in his glory will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth, and especially Israel, will mourn, regretting their rebellion and rejection of the Messiah. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory in, in brilliance and splendor. Verse 31, And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet, with a loud trumpet and they will gather together his elect, God's chosen ones, from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now, these verses we just read would show a possible mid-tribulation rapture. It could. This is something we can take with us. 
Verse 32, Jesus is going to now speak through a parable of a fig tree relating this continued topic he's talking about for the last days. Jesus says, Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its young shoots as soon as its young shoots become tender and it puts out its leaves, you know that its summer is near. So it's pretty much saying as you see, like we could say today, you see the leaves changing when, when fall time comes around. That's what Jesus is practically saying. So you too, when you see all these things taking place, now there's a footnote right there for, for these things, verse 33, we'll dive into that. He says, know for certain that he is near, meaning him, Christ himself, Jesus, right at the door. So he's saying, so, okay, he, so, just, gosh, I, 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 I will never get enough of how Jesus is so simplistic in his teachings. Because he didn't speak on his own initiative. He spoke on what the Father would show him and speak. So we just read verses 1 through 31, what the world's going to look like before he comes back. And then he and then he's, he ties it in in two verses, beloved. Two verses of to tie it all in together, make it simple, pull it in context. He says, learn this from the fig tree. As soon as you see its young shoots become tender and put out its leaves, you know summer is near. Because you know, you see the leaves, oh, oh, they're changing. Oh, that means the season's changing. He goes, so you too will see all these things taking place. I hope I hope that makes sense. I, I really hope that makes sense for you and that you understand what Jesus is trying to say here. So, um, now we're going to go to the footnote now. There are two footnotes for verse 33. Uh, the first note where it says, when you see all these things, these things translates into false Christs, wars, famines, and earthquakes, which we read earlier on in Matthew 24. Um, I don't know why I don't have the footnote for at the door. Let's look it up real quick. Hang on. Let's look at the other footnote. Hang on. Here it is. Okay. Okay. Here it is. Okay. So I'm going to read it again. I'm going, to, I'm, going to read, I'm going to read verse 33 again, and then I'm going to read the footnote for what it means at the end of verse 33 where it says, at the door. So it says, so you too, I'm, I'm reading out of the Amplified, sorry. So you too, when you see all these things taking place, which again, we just went through what these things mean, the Antichrist, the earthquakes, the famines, know for certain that, that he is near right at the door now at the door uh in other words it can mean the return of christ is imminent okay now the definition for imminent is i'm gonna look it up real quick it means about to happen that's what it means okay now let's continue matthew 24 Verse 34, I assure you, and Jesus is continuing to speak here, just to elaborate. 
I assure you and most solemnly say to you, this generation, the people living when these signs and events begin will not pass away until these things take place. So we can look at 34 and go, this is another sign that we can hang on to to know what needs to happen before Christ returns. It's another it's another thing we can stand on and be confident in and trust in the words of Jesus. Verse 35, heaven and earth as now known will pass away, but my words, they'll never pass away. I love that. I mean, just think about like Jesus is like, he's sitting on his throne right now and that's still true today. He's saying what I said then, it's still true today. Trust in it, my son and my daughter. Now, we can look at verse 34 and see we can know the season of his second coming. There are many other passages other than Matthew 24 that can show us what the world would look like before Jesus returned. And if I'm not going to get into it, but if you want on your own time, look at these passages of scripture that elaborate about the last days and what it's going to look like. 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 3, 2 Peter 3, and obviously, Revelations. I'll record, I'll, I'll, I'll read that one more time. Uh, it's uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, and obviously Revelations. Okay, now I do want to stop this right now because I'm on 45 minutes and I and I want to dive into this these verses, verses 36 through 39. Um, oh, I've got so much more to read. Okay. Okay, beloved, we're going to end in prayer here and I'm going to make a part two for verses 36 through however far we go. Okay. Oh. Lord, I pray for what we've spoken here in part one. And Lord, I just pray you would invigorate great work in this person's heart that's listening, Abba. That they would be prepared. Father, that is my cry. They would be ready with moral courage, personal integrity. I pray they'd be led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I could repeat myself over and over, but I have such a deep cry out of my heart for that, that they would take these words, they would listen to your words and not be deceived, Father. I pray that over my listeners. And I pray that they would take this with them and they would, they would have deep fellowship in it with you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, beloved, I will see you in part two of this whole... Project Bluebeam, 2 Thessalonians 2, Matthew 24, Revelation 19 episode. I'll see you guys in uh, part two. Love you guys.